Welcome, friends. You're listening to Where Water Flows Uphill, a production of Weld Found. We're asking a big question this series. In the coming flood of change, who do we want to be? This show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. The foundation helps our community spread the good. For more information, head to weldcommunityfoundation.org. You'll find information on grants and scholarships, and also how you could set up a charitable fund at the site. Here's a quick recap of where we've been before diving in today. We are following the artist Wes Bruce, who's doing a large-scale art installation. It's going to be at the new Library and Innovation Center in downtown Greeley, Colorado, called The Link. The Link is scheduled to open in May of this year. So very soon, you're gonna be able to see everything we've been talking about on this show. We're hoping to throw some kind of party or reception, so please keep your eyes open for that. Wes's installation will be in the heart of The Link, and it's inspired by an area of a hundred some acres around the Poudre River found on the west side of Greeley. So most of the interviews with him were held out there in the wild so we could get inspired alongside Wes. We're following Wes, a fascinating person who's been described as Mr. Rogers meets Willy Wonka. And we're also sharing some compelling stories of growth and change for our region alongside this as well. In today's episode, we present an origins story of sorts. Wes gives us a little bit of his journey of how he became an artist and what he's found to be really important to him for his approach to art and life. Before heading down to the river, let me ask you a question. How would you define creativity? What does it mean to be a creative person? In today's time with Wes, he talks about this and how at the heart of creativity is noticing and connecting things together that you might not have connected before because you're noticing and paying attention to things that are important to you and then drawing some lines of connection. Today's episode is a really good deep dive into creativity. Here's Wes, whose attention was, funny enough, distracted a moment before we begin the interview. Also, again, there are many definitions of creativity. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Just a ton of red winged blackbirds? Yeah. Is that what it's shot at? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite definitions of creativity is the ability to connect two ideas, or three or four or five, um, two or more ideas that don't have an apparent connection. And I come back to that all the time. I think I heard that definition from somewhere in 2010 or 2012 or something like that. And to me, that's where it starts to, to get kind of interesting because if you think of something like the river, like we're just on a, on a river bend right now, and it doesn't have an apparent connection to, I don't know, say, um, the sacred or to groundedness. Um, but if you spend time here and you allow your mind to just kind of linger and like you were mentioning to just let your labels of things drop you start to notice some of the geography and you're like oh there's 
there's a certain way that the wind hits this corner. And if you come to this particular spot in multiple seasons, that bend right there gets really low and it gets to be like a half an inch in depth. And you can walk across the water and it looks like you're literally walking on water right there. So this particular bend has come to feel sacred because it's a threshold. There's a bridge from this world to the next. And then you think of like, okay, this has this particular bend where I found a goose over here one time next to this cottonwood and it felt like the cottonwood was almost protecting it. So then the human mind starts to put metaphor together and then just through enough time and attention and creativity, there's this strange connection between this bend in the river and sacredness and cottonwoods, where there wasn't an apparent connection just on paper, but it comes through presence and spending time and looking for those, the subtleties between them. And because there's no right or wrong way to do creativity or to look for those connections, we get to draw them however we choose. Like it, it really does have this lovely subjectivity to them. There isn't like an, an exact object that has to be found and dug out like it's this solid mass underground that you're searching for. You're literally just choosing some mycelium thread through the ground that's infinite. There are infinite ways to connect one thing to the other if you just look deep enough and long enough at it, you know? And I think good poetry and good art making comes from quality noticing. It's just like a good first step. Um, Marie Howe, she's a poet, do you, do you know her? Um, I heard of her on the On Being podcast, which is like the, the ground from which a, a lot of really nice ideas in my mind grow from. But she was talking about, oh, this is Marie Howe or Jane Hirschfield, I can't remember which one. But when she teaches poetry, a lot of times people are really intimidated to write a poem because they're not a poet. And I'm air quoting all of that. But she'll have them start with just being really descriptive with their language. So she won't even allow them to use metaphor or simile within the first couple weeks. She's like, just go home, sit down at the table and just write out objective things that you're seeing around you. So the light cuts through the water glass and splits the light in three ways onto the table. And the window has a curtain that slightly blows in the breeze whenever it passes and the breeze is coming from the northeast. And you just have this collection of things that somehow in and of themselves feel like a poem when they're put together because one way of defining poetry is it just enhances and expands an experience and your experience of sitting at the table all of a sudden feels larger because you've noticed the details that make up your sitting at the table. And by the end of those two weeks, when she then introduces metaphor and allows them to start shifting and playing, they're like, no, I don't want to make, I don't want to make meaning out of this. It's just so beautiful as it is to notice the world um, that you're in can be overwhelmingly uh, full of poetry. I was going to say it can be overwhelmingly beautiful, but it can also be overwhelmingly painful or dramatic or confusing. But that's what a poet 
is there to do is just to notice the things that are being felt and experienced and then to try and put loose language to them. And then the poem is just an iteration uh, or a synonym for the, for the feeling. Um, and it can hold space for any number of emotions all at the same time. So, I mean, you're, you're speaking towards art and poetry, and I'd really not heard... I, I haven't reflected on the idea that um, creativity begins with noticing. I hadn't really thought about that. And, uh, and getting language to your noticing. And, and I love it because it, it feels like that first step towards uh, a waking up. It, it feels like noticing is that first step towards waking up. I love the quote, uh, attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Mm, that's nice. Love that quote. Yeah. I think about that in terms of, of the relationships I have in my life. Yeah. Attention is the rarest and purest form of generosity. Um, it's a nice thread to the phrase, uh, to be a generous listener mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Yeah, and, but, I, but I love the idea of um, perhaps a first step in being creative, writing poetry, doing art, is a, is a, is a better um, paying attention. Mm -hmm. And I think that it allows you to dig into soil that's authentically the ground from which you're growing to. I can remember really early on um, trying, to, trying to be an artist, <laughs> where I can remember seeing, at the time, Shepard Fairey was really large and he has all these different portraits of all these famous people. And Shepard Fairey is the one who did the hope uh, for yeah. a picture for Obama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, he has this really distinct style. So, he, you know, he has portraits of a lot of different pop culture icons. And in that era also, if you went into any um, high school art class, there were all these different portraits or collages of um, famous pop cultural people. And it's a great place to start, but I can remember you know, making portraits of people that were famous and then sort of stepping back and realizing that I had like no connection to David Bowie, nor did I really like his music at the time. I was just like, why am I doing a portrait of David Bowie? This means nothing to me. <laughs> I can't even name a, a David Bowie song at this time. Why am I spending all this time uh, pouring myself into this? And it was just because um, I hadn't spent enough time noticing the things that I should be making art about. And I can remember bumping into a painter named Andrew Wyeth, and there's a whole collection of Wyeth painters, and you know, there's pros and cons of them as, as artists, but I can remember the portraits that he was doing were like the random fisherman or farmer that lived up the street from him that no one had ever heard of, only a handful of people had ever met because that person hadn't left like the the five-mile vicinity of their farm in a very long time. Did he do Christina's World? Yeah, he did, yep. Also, where it's these, these portraits of people in a place that's very small. Uh, I read this, uh, this nice line out of a book that I started called The Home Place recently, and what's the name of the author? But um, it's 
talking about places. Uh, the name of the author is J. Drew Lanham. But he was saying that he grew up in a place that was easily passed over on a way to other places. It's kind of a paraphrase of it, but I was like, oh, I'm from a place that's just, for most people, on the way to somewhere else. And most of the things that I love are easily overlooked for things that are more shiny in fancier places. And at the same time, those are the things that I love. Like, those are the things that I really notice. And that was a point in time when I started to use language and imagery imagery that was like very much in the ground that was particular and specific to me and it's in the same sort of realm of thought or river of thought as like write, write what you know whoever said that I've heard it attributed to many people but writing what you know is is to be honest and authentic and so if I wanted to make something that was going to have a an actual authentic contribution from my like small little point of view it had it had to be mine it couldn't be a portrait of David Bowie <laughs> there are plenty of people making David Bowie portraits and I didn't need to add another one but when it comes to having something to say about the sacredness of this particular bend in the river as it connects to a cottonwood tree I was like I have a lot to say about that and <laughs> It kind of it kind of takes a little bit of courage and humility too to think like is this worth saying? Um, is anybody going to get anything out of it? And yeah, it kind of comes down to this thought that has given me a lot of creative liberty and freedom. Where I was like, the vast majority of all of my favorite artists and musicians and filmmakers will never know how much I love what they have created. A lot of them because they've been dead for a very long time or I've never you know gone out of my way to try and find their contact online because I don't know them personally but I was like this this is how the world works is you are the benefactor or the recipient of something that somebody loved and took a lot of time to create and most of the time we don't ever acknowledge them for doing that but you're you're shaped by that like it's part of the fabric of who I am and like Wendell Berry Mary Oliver like they feel like they're part of my imaginative DNA like it's inseparable and so it's reciprocity it is that act of reciprocity I've been given so much that I feel that it's um, it's this great gift that I get to give things in response to what I've been given and that happens to be the bend in the river and the sacredness in the cottonwood. Like, that's where I'm at right now. It's a gift, you know? Mm. To ask for anyone, but thinking again of like teenagers and anyone who's in that mind state where they're asking, who do I want to be? Thinking like, what are what are those things that you that you love that you notice particularly in your small little dot on the earth and that's that's the gift that you really have to give of course you can always change that dot to grow into new things and there's permission to grow into new people and to transform and you're always adding new things and composting things into your soil but really like you have things that are growing out of that soil that are hyper specific 
to you and it just takes noticing what they are and it's it's time and attention with yourself a moment for you to connect inwardly and then to connect outwardly and it's little practices like that that I think um, I don't know are fuel for a good world and a good community So during our talk, I, I loved it when Wes spoke about being from a place that's easily passed over for somewhere else, yet wanting to acknowledge that he actually loves and feels proud of the place where he's from. I can often feel that way about living here in Weld County in Greeley, Colorado. I love it here, but people considering the region often think of Boulder or Denver or Fort Collins first, and not this community that I believe to be so special. How important is it for the artists in our home to find a voice? For writers and poets and musicians and painters and dancers to express the love and joy they are experiencing here. And then for us to be paying attention to what they are sharing when they create. The truth is, we are finding a voice unique to us. My boss at the foundation, Rand Morgan, he read the Greeley Creative District's newsletter this past week, and he said in astonishment, goodness, if you're bored in Greeley, it's your own fault. There are so many cool things happening here. In this coming season alone, uh, there's an art show called Her Story, where women artists are creating pieces inspired by each other. This is during the day on March 11th, and then that night, a local funk band, The Burrows, are playing a concert with the Greeley Philharmonic. This is soul music and orchestra coming together. Talk about a partnership you won't find anywhere else. I also know that later on this spring, on April 14th, a group called the Colorado Dance Collective is putting on a show inspired by Wes's installation and the story that he's placing within it. I've seen Dance Collective shows before. They do an incredible job. This is just a few events. There's a whole lot more going on in the coming months than just this. Murals being made in Decono, musicals being put on in Windsor. It's all emerging from Weld County's very own soil. And I get to be here for it. I'm thankful these artists are paying attention, such close attention, to what they find beautiful about their home, right here, right now. Thank you to Wes Bruce for our time by the river. Music on today's episode was by James Ryan. All songs were created specifically for the installation, its film, and the live experience of it. Thank you to Dave Farrell, a professor at Ames Community College, for sound engineering. The opening date for the link is May of 2023, just a few months away. You're going to be blown away by this resource in Weld County. Remember, we will host some sort of reception and would love to see you there. You can go on a tour and also meet Wes. Today's show is made possible by the Weld Community Foundation. Head to weldcommunityfoundation.org for more. Thanks again for listening to Where Water Flows Uphill. Rate us on iTunes. Share us with a friend.